When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the uh, probably the greatest hour of your life. It's the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast here as uh, well, on the Athletic, I guess, or maybe you're on iTunes, maybe you're on Spotify. With me, as always, and please address the introduction, Chris Vaccaro. Nando, Brandon, another week. We head into bye week hell, week seven, ready to get through this uh, together as a family. Brandon, Mary Ann Lee. Yo, 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 yo. I, I, feel, I feel fine. I, I actually, most of my teams, the bye weeks weren't as tragic as I thought they were going to be, which makes me wonder, is there a problem? <laughs> <laughs> is this actually a bad thing or a good thing? We'll see. I mean, there's still some bye weeks coming, right? Like this is... Maybe you've just gotten lucky so far. No, I think it's – yeah, but I mean – but I think it's more about all the good players that are out mixed in with the combination of how many teams are already beat up and dealing with injuries, especially at the running back position. You mix it all up in a big, you know, pot of soup here, and there's going to be some really ugly lineups that people send out this week and a lot of really low scores. You're going to see a lot of sub-100 scores this week. And you just got to try and get through week seven here. Maybe in the leagues you play in. Okay. Those amateur leagues. Yeah, because yeah. your teams are loaded, Nando. <laughs> You're killing it. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to the show. Um, Ante, we got a lot of stuff. Uh, we're going to talk, obviously, Dernus Johnson. Those of, you who were <laughs> listeners, those of you who were listeners last year understand that that's a touchy subject for a lot of us here. Um, <laughs> we got to talk about the Zach Ertz trade. We're going to get into the Titans a little bit. Uh, the Panthers, uh, I want to talk a little Damian Harris and see, you know, exactly where he falls on the, is he good scale? Um, Terry McLaurin getting killed by his quarterback play and play calling and stuff. Uh, dropping Kenneth Gainwell, maybe to pick up some of these by people. Um, and you know what? I want to get into Case Keenum because oh, I, th- my <laughs> let me just, let me <laughs> Start just the show with a bang. <laughs> no, Boom, I'm saying, we're going to save him for later. I, but I do, <laughs> I'm having an argument with uh, a guy I, I manage a team with. Uh, it's a super flex best ball. I pray for that, man. <laughs> He's a good friend, and we do well. We're in second place. Anyway, he he's the one who wants Case Keenum and wants to go hard after him, oh. and I don't. So we'll get into that later if we have time. But I just thought it was interesting that I was suddenly the guy who's not in love with Case Keenum. Let's talk is that to, uh, wait, is that is that to pair in your super flex league with Geno Smith? You want to send out the Geno Smith-Case Keenum combo this week? I to would. To kill it? We lost Geno Smith. Uh, we lost the bid on him. Someone bid oh. big on Geno Smith last week. Condolences. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to that person. Let's go. He yeah, looked right. good. Chris Sims said he looked good. Catherine Tappen said he looked good. So I'm going on that. And I watched him. He looked good. Anyway, we'll save him for later, too, if there's room. Uh, Dernis Johnson. Brandon, you uh, you obviously weren't on the show last year when Vaccaro and I and Jake and I, and I think Moody was, was still around um, the, during the Dernis Johnson run. And I went back and tried to find the, the story I wrote about Dearness Johnson, and there were a couple. But it was just around this time last year, it was October 17th, when I had the, the keeping faith in Dearness Johnson, which uh, turned out to be a mess. I don't know what's changed this year. And Brad, I'm going to start with you, because like it's the same situation as last year. The, the path is completely clear for Dearness Johnson. And last year, the Browns went and they just passed the crap out of the ball. Like, they just decided, like, oh, the game script is going to tell us to pass. And they passed, and Johnson was left out of the game plan completely. In all these weeks where it was the perfect setup for a team that runs well, this is the only guy in the backfield, essentially. Um, and there's Demetric Felton in the mix, too. Like, are you are you worried that we're overhyping Dernis Johnson a little too much? Or is this just us being stubborn on he fooled us once last year? Well, I think that... With the bye weeks as they are, I don't know how you can say I'm not going to take a chance on Dernis Johnston if you need him. I will say that Denver gives up the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, so I think that you should temper your expectation regardless uh, of what's going on. Um, I, I also want to say that if 
you are making a big, big push here. This is your only chance to get a little minor discount on Chubb moving forward in a trade. So I would consider that. Um, in in my opinion, this is this is probably not like a fabu week, but because of the way that the bye weeks are, you have to roll them out. I, I don't know who is in a position to just completely ignore him. I mean, whoever got him either today or gets him tomorrow – is is someone that needs him. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you don't have you to know. play that little game. Well, we can but say it's, that. <laughs> it, it's true, you know, but there's someone that really probably put in the money because they need it today, now, this week, and that is fine. Um, but, you know, what what do we think is going to happen here? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, oh, one carry for two yards and a catch for seven yards on one target is going to, like, get me too excited this year, um, you know, in terms of what happened last week. So, yeah, I, you know, but no, I mean, yeah, it, I, again, I think you have to look at the defense, too. But with the quarterback situation, OK, I think that I, we're back again to you have to run. You have to use him. I think I think just right now everyone's against the wall, the Browns and fantasy players. So I'm OK with it. I'm OK with it. Chris, Mr. Vaccaro. I think this is a really tough situation in fantasy when you're dealing with a situation like we are here with what are you going to do with bidding on Johnson tonight? Um, because it's probably a one-off game. But on the flip side, the bids are going to have to be pretty high. And you're probably pretty desperate when you're looking at your fantasy lineups, like I said this week. So everybody's trying to plug and play. Is he a good one-week play? I think he, I think so. I think he could be a 12 to 15-point game uh, running back. And if you can slide that in and get you through that one week, uh, of hell that you're dealing with, then is it worth it? Mm, it depends on if he lays an egg or not. You know, if if I would spend up and, and use some decent fab money tonight, get him, plug him in, and he gives, and I knew he was giving me 15 points, and yeah, it's worth it because we expect Chubb to be back the following week after 10 days off. They say his, um, you know, his injury isn't as severe as Kareem Hunt, but now. Adds into the mix that Hunt is gone for, I think it's going to be more the six weeks a lot of people feel like. So it's not like Johnson is going to be completely useless. He's going to go and be a backup running back after this. It's not like Chubb and Hunter are both going to be healthy going forward where you never hear from Johnson after this week. Um, so you got to factor that all in. My bids, I wouldn't be, you know, blowing the bank tonight on him. I will be bidding on him. Um, and I'm going to be keeping the bids honest. But let's face the facts here. We are missing six RB1s in fantasy this week when you break it down. Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook, ha uh, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, James Robinson, and Nick Chubb because of the injury. That's six right there without going into the CMCs and everything else. They're, we're depleted here. So anybody that could pick off a running back that's going to get double-digit targets off the waiver wire tonight in competitive leagues, yeah, you, you got to go bid for him, but let's not blow the bank. Would you, and, and uh, the problem's okay. Mayfield. I want to put that out there. I mean, can we bring the case? We might as well just bring the case. I think, I think the problem more, Brandon, is the offensive line and missing their two best tackles. That's the problem, yeah. not and I think, exactly, or Mayfield. It's all connected. Uh, Right. It's like it's Mayfield. It's the offensive line. It's the lack of a running back. It's it's just like, what are they going to do? The Browns. And it's not like the Denver defense is terrible. I mean, mm -hmm. last week they looked like it. But but, you know, the thing is, is that they I think that this is a low expectations game. But because there aren't options, you still have to do it. But it doesn't feel good. And that's OK. Sometimes fantasy doesn't feel good. This is one of those moments. Uh, but I think it that, could be an ugly game. You're, I mean, this could be 1310 written all over Thursday nights yeah. uh, are usually feel like they've been, you know, stinkers. They usually are weird games where. The expectations are weird. Now we got no Chubb, no Hunt, backup quarterback, Case Keenum in the game. Let's try and ugly the game up on both sides of the ball. This could be a real snooze fest. Yeah, it's just as ugly. So, I, yeah, I mean, but this is why also the Case Keenum play, which you were talking about your your friend slash colleague who is intrigued by him. I'm not <laughs> just <friends>. super. <laughs> I'm not super intrigued myself just because I, I think the whole package feels... Uh, dire 
And and Cleveland's a good team. It's unfortunate, right? I mean, this is this is a a team that has high expectations for themselves, mm-hmm. but man, they really got mauled. And so it's hard to know. And I know that people don't like to hear that from fantasy analysts because we're all supposed to be like Nostradamus here. But honestly, they're so mauled. I, there's almost very little analysis we can truly do that has any like basis in reality. That's how I look at it. There are some other options on the waiver wire as you head into tonight, um, you know, that if you're not all about this Dearness Johnson play, you know, do you go to the, the Baltimore Ravens backfield? Do you try and figure that situation out with Latavius Murray looking most likely like he's out? Do you go the Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell? They'll be sitting there on the wire for you. Um you know, Rashad Penny coming back from Seattle most likely this week with Alex Collins banged up. Uh, or do you jump into the DJ Dallas? Like there are options. These are I'm talking competitive leagues, um, you know, that that's this is what I'm looking at. These are the players I'm looking at. I can only tell our listeners. This is my options. Uh, there's really not that much else. I will mention one name to our listeners tonight that I haven't seen a lot of buzz about. Salvan Ahmed from Miami's been getting a little run here, and I always liked him. I liked him last year, and uh, I think he could be a sneaky play uh, off the wire. In my family league, those are the names people are going after because that's how dire running backs are everywhere. Yeah, I mean, genuinely, I'm looking at, and I'm I'm sitting there going, "Who is out here?" I'm in these like home <laughs> leagues, friend leagues, and I'm like, there are no running backs on waiver. It's never been Nothing. like this ever. In, I feel like any my any usually of these Brandon. Usually, usually we're talking like this in like week thirteen, yes. fourteen, the last couple of years when. The running back landscape is just beat up to hell and guys are down and it's just ugly and you just we're in we're going into week seven and it's ugly. So um yeah, it's good luck tonight on waivers, everybody trying to pick this uh garbage uh apart. Or last night if you're normal. Um Sure. <laughs> let me uh let me throw a name out. Actually I wanna throw two names out. Um and they're they're kinda related. Number one, uh Devin Singletary on by is he someone you drop number two um there is a running back out there who nobody likes who's available in 56 percent of cbs leagues which means it's probably 60 percent of espn maybe 70 percent of yahoo had 73 yards last week he's had 34 carries over the last two weeks 16 and 18 attempts team sucks but it's not really the game script of you know he's not getting enough touches because he is he had 20 touches last week total um and that's mark ingram yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, is first no, of all, no, I'm not laughing at you because that's the other name I was just going to bring up when we, were, when I was just discussing the names that are available. And I keep looking at the wire and I see the David Johnson, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay triumvirate, and I just say to myself, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to Houston. I'm not dealing with that backfield. But, but you look it, at Ingram's th- numbers. A, yeah. You look at Ingram's numbers and you're like, ah, oh, man, I I can't ignore it. You know who I compared Mark Ingram to? The Peyton Barber week from a couple weeks ago. Nobody wanted to touch Peyton Barber, but the numbers were there. The touches were there. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to bid on him and let's see you know, what we have here. It's just I don't think everybody wants to stay away from that team. The offense is, is ugly, and uh, they're going into Arizona where they should get beat up and be playing from behind. And what does that do for Mockingbird? I feel like he's a fabulous stash for when Tara Taylor comes back. He, in week one, had a good game. Um, you know, he got f- 14 and a half points, which right now, as we just said, in this league right now is gorgeous, okay? We just need double-digit points from these dudes right now. That's all we need. I think that – and Taylor's making his way back. He's day-to-day considering, you know, right now. So if he comes back, I feel a little bit better about it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, listen, some people – I am in leagues where I have three IR spots, and they are all filled. It's week seven. So, listen – If you're dire, I get it. And I think you're right. Look at the touches. You can't deny it. But it's not beautiful right now, though. Even in full point PPR, he's only had two games of double digits. And that was last this last week at Indiana and then um, week one. And that's in full point PPR this whole season in terms of fantasy points. So it's it's rough out there. But I think you're right, Nando. It's someone to look at. 
Well, the good yeah, news if here, I knew if I knew he was going to touch the ball eighteen times again this week, then yeah, he's definitely uh, somebody that you should be adding and could play this week. Uh, as for Devin Singletary, Nando, no, I don't care that he's on a bye week. You keep Devin Singletary. We just spent the last fifteen minutes talking about how disgusting the running back position is, and you're going to give me a guy in a fifty-fifty time split on one of the best teams in football that showed this Monday night that he can contribute in the pass game. So, no, I'm not putting that on the wire for my league mates. You take these so personally. I do. I'm asking for the people. For the people. Um, I mean, he hasn't had double-digit fantasy points since week two in full-point PPR, so it's not like he's sexy. That's There's no doubt. But right now, yeah, I mean, we're talking about DJ Dallas and stuff and being like, ooh, yeah, I want him. I mean, why wouldn't you want Singletary? Mm-hmm. The good news here is this isn't like your typical in years past where it's, oh, here are three weeks of six teams on by or something like that. Next week, we're back down to two, then it's up to four and four, and then two and two, and then four and four. And then so stupid. Over. And just so stupid. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into this, but just so stupid. You, you have six bots, six teams, six good teams on a bye week and two on, um, you know, on next week. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. And obviously, the uh, schedule maker doesn't play fantasy football or at least care about our fantasy football teams. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk Zach Ertz. Uh... I don't know. Like, what's what's Zach Ertz worth, Vicaro? What is Zach Ertz worth? Uh, Look, we saw low, Dan Arnold, a uh, high end uh, tight end uh, two. I'd put him in that ten to fifteen range, rest of season. Um, Would you rather have him or Evan see Ingram? how? Say that again. Would you rather have him or Evan Ingram? I'd rather have you as my tight end uh, than uh, Evan Ingram. <laughs> well, thank you. That's <laughs> flattering. <laughs> yeah, that didn't come out right at all. That's that the nicest thing you've ever said about me. Uh, Evan Ingram is such a bum. I can't stand him. And ironically, it's funny because last week on the show, I said, you know, look for maybe Evan Ingram to get traded to Arizona. And then the next day, uh, a fellow tight end uh, in the NFC East, Zach Ertz, is actually the one that goes out there. But I like that fit. Uh, Zach Ertz will have his games. uh, But in that offense with so many weapons, uh, it'll be, you know, some weeks where he's two for 20. And it depends on how quickly he gets acclimated with the system. But just like you said, Dan Arnold came in and hit the ground running the first week. So um, I like I like the fit there for Ertz, but I still can't see him as a top 10 tight end where I do see as a top 10 tight end. And I'll take it one step further here and be a little bold. Top five tight end rest of the season. My boy Dallas Goddard now in Philadelphia, which... That he's was still the best on, news the I could have list. Yeah, that's uh, it's a little worrisome. I'm kind of waiting here day by day to see if I have to make a move on waivers to cover all my Goddard teams here. I'm assuming that he was going to be coming back, but you never know here. You know, we all see, you know, the COVID, somebody get placed on the COVID list and you just think, all right, it's, you know, one game. And because it happened so early in the week last week that we all assumed that he'd be ready to go here. But he still hasn't come off the list. We still haven't heard any news. But teams are starting to get back into practice in today. So hopefully an update coming. Uh, Brandon, are you as, as optimistic on Dallas Goddard just becoming like this humongous uh, superstar now? That Zach Ertz has been cleared out of the way? Or is it like, oh, Tyree Jackson now will get those snaps? I mean, what is a superstar when it's a tight end? I mean, it, it's pretty limited. So, Sure. I mean, already he's tight end 15 in terms of average points per game, which is 9.72. And so, yeah, if he gets the full share, then you move him up, and and that's great, okay? So anyone over – if you have a tight end that's scoring over 10 points per game on average, you got a tight end one, congratulations, period, that's it. Okay, so um, it's a weird world out there. I think that the real problem here is that – it's just hard to watch these Philly games because Jalen Hurts may be Garbage. what's wrong with quarterback scoring in fantasy football personified. 
I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and I and this comes from a woman who has rode the Blake Bortles train to many a fantasy football championship. <laughs> yes. Like, trust me, it's okay. I don't need you to actually be good to score fantasy points. And man, Jalen Hurts is really driving that home. He is driving that home. So that's my only problem with Dallas Goddard is that it is painful to watch. But it doesn't matter because he's a tight end and already he's in that tight end one conversation. So, yeah, you just continue riding the pony. He just needs to come back from COVID. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, Brandon, what tight ends would you take over? What tight ends would you take over Dallas Goddard rest of the season? Um, I mean, Gronk, obviously, Kelsey, Andrews, Waller. Those are easy ones. Hawkinson, um, I think – yeah, I mean, I'd probably take Schultz still. I don't like the Dawson broken hand situation, obviously, but I still think Cal Pitts is going to come on strong toward the end of the season. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I mean, so that's what I'm nine. saying. Like, yeah. I think you named like eight guys there. So yeah, but he's still tight end one unless you're playing in an eight team league, right? So yeah, you play him. I, I, I highly doubt you have Goddard and Kelsey, but if you do, then you should probably trade Goddard because someone needs him because he's a tight end one. So get some value then. But other than that, yeah, I mean, he's a tight end one. I just, it's just that it's hard to get super excited because it's painful to watch. I am having a really hard time justifying in my head any Philadelphia Eagle right now. It's it's just, but if I'm going to justify anyone, it's going to be Goddard. So go for Man, it. What, what happened to Miles Sanders, huh? It's, I don't know well, why anyone thought he was a RB1 to begin with. but I actually have higher expectations for Sanders going forward. As you know, everybody gave up on him through the towel, and I actually see some hope here, uh, to be honest with you. He, he played a ton of, uh, ton of snaps, touches. Gainwell took a little bit of a step backwards uh, in last week's game, and um, I think he'll be a serviceable RB2. He I mean, had yeah, 8.6 is... points. When he yeah. took a step forward, it's like it and full point PPR. I just here's the problem. He is not the problem. It's his lack of participation. <laughs> and this is why I was so into Najee Harris. I was like, I don't even care. Like he, he doesn't have to be amazing. His usage is so intense. Who cares? And I, I just think this is a to me a fundamentals thing. This is why I never had I, I haven't had Sanders on my team for a couple years now because I just the Philadelphia team just refuses to give him the ball and i i feel bad for him i i want to say it is not sanders that i'm slandering it is the usage it's so frustrating it is i had high hopes i mean it's after week one you're like oh wow 100 yard game for miles sanders let's go this is going to be amazing and then it just kind of fluttered away and we haven't seen the same guy since yeah so sad yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and, and but he still only had 15, and that was the most carries that he's had all season, and it was 15, and then it went to 13, and then went down to two. I mean, it just he looked good. <laughs> Nobody's run on Tampa, and he had that. He had a couple of drives where he broke up some nice little runs uh, versus Tampa's run D. So I'm not throwing in the towel. I, I mean, I know maybe I'm the guy that holds on to hope a little more than some of these uh, players, the Robbie Anderson, Allen Robinsons, Miles Sanders of the world. But yeah, I think if you, I, when, when I people... still think that talent wins out in, in a lot of the situations more than uh, they don't. If you say Chris Vaccaro, I say hopeful and optimistic. Those are the first two words that come to mind. No, oh, you too, right? You <laughs> yeah, know, right? if I had a penny for everybody that I heard that. Um, hey, you know, I, I know this is kind of, I don't even know if I put this in the rundown, but I do want to, just, just talking about the way, like, you know, we don't know how Nick Sirianni was going to coach like before he came into Philly. We didn't know how Arthur Smith was going to coach. Um, Chris, you've been talking about Wayne Gallman, and I, I want to bring this up again for the third week in a row because they're coming off a but they're coming off a bye, and like weird stuff sometimes happens when you come off a bye, and you know they make some tweaks. Yeah. Is this is this is Atlanta going to come out looking a little differently? Than they no. did when they went into well, the bye. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, they didn't have Calvin Ridley when they went across the pond in the last game, and you know we saw the Kyle Pitts breakout game, so. Uh, different. Are you talking in terms of the run game or total? Uh, you know, they know what they are. They're, they're a, a bad team that's got some big time weapons and should just keep feeding Ridley and Pitts. Uh, I still think Ridley will be from today on, uh, you know, a top 12 wide receiver. And I think Pitts will be a top six tight end the rest of the way. So those are your go-to guys. Uh, Cordaro Patterson is a, a must start every week. It's just a matter of, my hope of Wayne Goldman at some point this season 
taking over that backfield over Mike Davis, I'm still holding on to my shares of Goldman. There really isn't much for me to go off of when I say that, except I'm I'm happy that Goldman started becoming active these last uh, bunch of games for the Falcons and getting some carries. But, you know, I can't honestly say that Mike Davis looked terrible in the game in Jackson, uh, in, uh, in London. Uh, London. So, um, you know, I, I expect Davis to be the lead back still this week. And I'm just hoping that he fades away, uh, you know, in these next couple weeks and they give uh, Goldman more chances. Brandon, I still think he's is- the better back. Mike Davis is the most consistent flex option that you have at your disposal. He has had over 10 points in full point PPR every single week this year. Mm -hmm. There is only uh, one time he's gone above 13 points, so it's all the same. But if you can always get 10 points for your flex, and by the way, we were just talking about begging for 10 points from Johnson on the Browns, right? So I, I think... Do I you could jump your way into 10 points, and I think that's the outlook. If, if you know, you watch the Falcon games, it's, you know, he's not, like, standing out to you. He just junks his way with volume and couple catches here and falls into the end zone one week. I mean, you, you could junk your way to 10, 11 points if you're a volume running back. That's not impressive at all, you know? But so, it is for your team. Because right now we're begging for 10 points from running backs. So mm-hmm. he's still that guy. So right now, you know, you can't get value for him if you wanted to trade or whatever. But he's a solid play now that he's already had his buy. Yeah. He oh, always he gets 10 points. Throw him in there, people. I mean, I don't oh, want to get excited. Oh, he's definitely a throw but... in there. I'm not saying that, Brenda. He's definitely a play this week. He's probably a top 15 back this week versus Miami's run defense. No doubt about it. I'm talking in terms of looking down the road and trying to pick somebody off waivers or stash a running back that you could see overtaking the starter. And that's my thought process with the, you know, the stash and Goldman's. But I'm, yeah. if we're talking today, yeah, there's no, you know, I can't talk negatively on Mike Davis in terms of putting him in your lineup as your RB2 this week. Um, we just did a little Chris. Let's go back to your guy. Uh, I want to I want to do a quick Brandon. Let's go back. I made you stop talking about it before the show because I want to save it for the show. But um, I'd like to give you a couple minutes to brag, if you feel like it. Go. Uh, you trade away those two tight ends. Uh, two oh, wide receivers. Nando sets oh. you up so nicely, Brandon. Oh, Brandon, oh. come on. <laughs> well, I mean, also Terry McLaurin's another one that I said to trade away. But um, yeah, I, I, you guys, this Seattle Seahawks, their offense. Mm. I just. Mm. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they did keep running, didn't they? Yeah, they, they, did. they run absolutely no plays. It's bizarre, you guys. So, listen, I I think that sometimes too, I I, I always want to say out loud, like this is not a judgment on DK Metcalf or, or even Tyler Lockett. It's just that like if is there are still people that really really believe, especially in Metcalf, I would try to get some value here. I just think that their their play calling is very scary to me, and it's only gotten scarier. So I would say that, and it's the same thing with Terry McLaurin. It's not about him. He's fantastic. This is if you're in redraft and need to win now mode. There are still people that believe in these people, and this is nothing to do with their talent. And I, I think that you just have to kind of see things as like, are they ever going to get to the point where I'm going to feel confident that they're going to produce X amount of points again this season? I don't think so. And I just think we need to normalize changing your mind when the circumstance changes. Like, I just, I really do. Like, this is not you saying that you did a bad job drafting DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett this year. It's just that it's not working out. It's not going to work out. I Genuinely. And They were supposed to be the uh, Rams light with this new what offense. We, what are we talking about here? D- DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett selling them now? Is that the, the, the point we're making? You should have sold them last week when I told you to sell them. But if, you're, if you can still get a dude that really believes in DK Metcalf, I don't think you can get anyone that's going to believe in Tyler Lockett. But I think there are yeah. people that are still in, and I think you can get a good value. And to me, I would do it still. But now you're selling pennies on a dollar here. Uh, you know, it's... You know, we all knew that it's t- you're going to take a step back as a DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett owner once Russell Wilson was gone. So now if you try and trade either of those guys, you're not going to get the elite, you know, one for one for a Metcalf or an elite wide receiver, too. Depending on what you were trying to get for either one of them, you know, you had to bite the bullet here. And, you know, Russell Wilson is supposedly way ahead of schedule already with his 
um, his injury, he's moving his finger at an 80% uh, bend rate, they said, instead of a 10% where they thought he would be at now. So he's already thinking like a couple weeks away when, uh, you know, he comes off IR. Just going to have to hold on tight here um, as a Metcalf and Lockett owner. There's no sitting Smith these guys. This There's is, no sitting these guys. Well, what's your argument then, Nando? What do you want to do with the, these guys? The do you want to sit them or do you want to trade them? You have to play them. Oh, Brandon was Brandon said that, not me. I, I would buy them from Brandon, actually. And it hasn't been a bad year at all for either of these guys. I mean, it's been an unbelievable year, actually. Lockett is an absolute stud through the first four weeks of the season, and Metcalf was doing great, too. I mean, it's one off week with Geno last week versus a somewhat decent, uh, you know, de- defense in Pittsburgh. But... I mean, I, I can name every single wide receiver in the league pretty much that's had an off week already. But as a Tyler Lockett owner, I was loving September. Lockett hasn't gone over 11 fantasy points and full point PPR since week two. The first two weeks were great. Yeah, no, they were. They were totally great. But this is his inconsistency, right? So this is actually consistent for him. So even with Russell Wilson, the inconsistency was the reason why people were a little bit down on him, right? DK Metcalf, you're right. His first two weeks were slow because the first two weeks were great for Lockett, and then he was a stud. And mm-hmm. then we got Geno Smith. Totally correct. Um, but the fact that they're going to continue to run like this without Chris Carson, in my opinion, just means this is the offense. And if Russell Wilson is not in there to do this – we just we got some issues, and I think you can still get massive value. And I'm I I know that Russell Wilson's ahead of schedule. I hope he doesn't push it too much and then mess things up, which happens sometimes with these guys that think they're invincible and they're ahead of schedule. But if you're hoping that he's going to come back, I, I am too. This is great. I just still think there are a lot of people that like really really believe, especially in DK Metcalf, and I think you can still get a lot. So for those of us that are pessimistic, which I'm usually the optimist, this is really sad. This is sad that this is what the show has come to. Uh, but, you know, I think you can still get qu- quite the deal. Like a, I like think a you Keenan can definitely Allen get a type. lot more for Metcalf. And I'm worried as a Lockett owner um, about Tyler Lockett now with Geno. But, you know, he's like a flex play for me. But DK, I don't, I, I you know, I still think he's a wide receiver too for fantasy. Would you give Gino. up Keenan Allen? For DK Metcalf. See, I'm, I'm down on Keenan Allen now this year. It's like, you know, it, it seems as if Mike Williams has surpassed him as the go-to number one in this offense. I thought Keenan Allen's blow-up game was going to be this past week versus the Ravens with a banged-up Mike Williams and a great matchup versus uh, that Ravens secondary for Keenan Allen, and it just didn't happen. He pumped out, I think it was like 5 for 50, so... I don't know what Keenan Allen is the rest of the year. Everybody drafted him to be that wide receiver one. I don't think he is. I think this is just one of those years where he takes a step back and he's a wide receiver two. So, no, I'm, I'd am i rather have DK Metcalf over Keenan Allen. See, and I think Keenan Allen's coming back because he, yeah, it wasn't great versus Baltimore. No one won that team was good. I almost feel like you need to just throw that game away. The whole Chargers offense, there was just like some sort of voodoo. I don't know what was going on. It was not okay. But he still did better than Mike Williams, and I'm intrigued by this. I think that that there's, especially now that there's a bye week, I think they're going to get a little more even and or going back to Keenan Allen a little bit more. This is the kind of trade that I would look for. So it's just interesting. Everyone has different things. That's why I'm saying, like, you just want to put it out there and see what you can get. And you may be like, you know what? I think Keenan Allen rest of season is going to be more consistent than – DK Metcalf, and right now it's kind of a survival game in fantasy, so I'm going to go that route. That might be what you want to do. I'm just saying, shop him. Shop the DK Metcalf, in my opinion, and just see. You might be able to get more than you think, especially if you can get a running back right now. Mm -mm -mm. Yummy. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about... uh, I don't think it's... You know, I'm in a league where I'm down running backs. I'm trying everything I can, and I'm even offering some overpays, and just nobody wants to give me any kind of running back. So, sucks. Anyway, I forgot. Sorry, oh, yeah. Nando. Eh, Sorry, it's all right, Nando. Man. I'm just letting you know. It's like, you know, it's like people talk about how if you, you want after this show, call me up. We'll talk our way through it. All right. I, you uh, sound down about did it. Did I sound down about so, it? You did. I'm it was, just saying that's the. Nobody wants to play with me. Nobody wants to trade. That's not me. it. I'm saying I think it's pretty consistent. No one wants to give up a running like this running back. Nobody wants my Geno. Nobody wants my Geno Smith for a running back. I would never. 
he stays on my team. I know you wouldn't. Gino <laughs> Smith was good. Uh, you stay loyal, buddy. You listen, stay loyal. I don't think Gino's the problem. Because I trust I the process. I agree yeah, it's it. not. It's the it's the offensive coordinator. It's the play calling. Yeah, it's the play calling that really troubles me in Seattle. It continues to trouble me. And maybe that's just a, a Brandon Marion like thing. But sorry, guys. Well, it's a Brandon and Nando thing. Brand, All right. Brand, We're both Don, concerned. Brando. <laughs> Brando. Shout out hey! to you, though. Hey! There it is. Hey, I found uh, it. I, I, I yeah, shout out to you, in. though. <laughs> wow, no, Chris I just really want to say in. shout out to you, Nando, for your 1,500-word uh, Geno Smith article that was uh, caught a lot of buzz on the uh, Athletic this uh, week. Oh, thanks. To you, buddy. Uh, you, that sounds like you're being sarcastic about that, so I'll take it anyway. I would uh, never be. You yeah, know oh, me, yeah, no, I would no, never, never be sarcastic. It was right, a great read, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk P.J. Walker. What? I'm joking. Uh, I want to go to. <laughs> I, we were. I love when Brandon. Don't you love thing. when Nando does this? He's like, yeah, I was like, oh no, he he's going there. He's like, what should I talk about next? Yeah, well, you know I did want to say though, Ricky Seals Jones. Yes. Yeah, let's go to him. Let's go to Ricky Seals Jones. Yeah. I'm gonna take it back Keep to going that. to him. Yeah. yeah, keep going to Ricky Seals Jones for the Do foreseeable it. future. Uh, you know, I played him in DFS as my tight end across all the lineups I built. And it paid off, and I think it pays off again this week. Uh, playing from behind in Green Bay, I think Ricky Seals Jones is the top ten tight end play this week. And my boy Nando, you know him. Who am I going to say? Same uh, team. Austin Eckler. You were paying attention. And you're going to spell E C K L E R. Yeah, good job. J D McKissick. I know. Don't forget about J D McKissick in PPR leagues. He's he's back again. Jarek McKinnon. Speaking of Mick, was a bus. It was just a complete bust last week. Like he, he was one of the most picked up players. Of the snaps. He did play twenty eight percent of the snaps. But that's he just good. Didn't get any action? Well, I mean, <laughs> again, it's <laughs> good. <laughs> running back, running back landscape is bad. And if you give me a third down back that's going to play twenty eight percent of the snaps, especially going into this week in a game where the total is fifty seven in Vegas versus Tennessee, you. I might play McKinnon on some desperate, needy running back teams and and hope that he catches three or four balls this week. The well, running backs can't all be Derrick Henry, people. They just yeah, can't. really. Sorry. Which, by the way, is it's it's that's just a, have you ever seen anything so out Beautiful. of control since like Ladainian Tomlinson? Yeah, hey, there you go. You know, it's it's really unbelievable and. FFPC put out a stat that their top 200 overall teams right now, 48% of them have Derrick Henry on them. (laughs) That is out of control. I just think, you know, this whole conversation of regression to the mean is is statistically based, and I completely agree. I do think there's certain outliers that it's okay to say I don't think this person will outdo this and this was one of those things i have derrick henry in all sorts of leagues because he just kept dropping to like that four to six range because people were like well he doesn't catch passes and he had a lot of touches last year and i totally get that that is correct it does not matter it's kind of like russell wilson's touchdown percentage he's an incredibly efficient quarterback that is going to be consistent throughout his career derrick henry will always get a million touches and be a beast this is who he is now is he going to hit a wall yes is he getting older yes but you know what? It's a beautiful thing to watch, and I'm so glad we get to watch it. It's actually one of the highlights of this season for sure. But this That's is also like why the if, other people. I don't are know if good. he's hitting the wall. I, I don't know if he's hitting the well, wall. Well, someday he will. He'll. I mean, oh, I'm oh, saying like, talking, like this year. Oh, you're not talking yeah. this year. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah no, no. I, I just think like. Well, you that's know, why he's everybody was out on him. To be honest with you, that's why everybody was out on him this year because he's going yeah. into his, he going into I think his seventh year. This is. Um, yeah, but remember, and, and Demarco Murray took. Those first couple years, he didn't touch the ball that much. Sure, but Brando, if you look at the last three years and his totals, uh, you know, everybody was like, I'm not buying into this again. Uh, You know, how many times are we going to give this guy 300 plus touches in in a row? And as a running back, everybody breaks down as a running back. And this was kind of the time to try and be ahead of the curve than behind the curve. And that's why Henry was falling to the middle to end of the first rounds. And everybody was wrong. That's all we could say. I, me included, uh, and and a million others. It was like eh, I got to, you know what? Let me go buy in on Jonathan Taylor as a you know a younger back that can be the you know ahead of the curve and handle these carries than somebody that's gotten beat up the last couple week uh, last couple years. 
and go back in on them again. But you know And you what? might still be right, by the way. We're not even halfway through the season, people. So this True. this still could happen, right? He could still have an issue, but anyone could. And I think that's part of it is that anyone can get hurt or, you know, run out of steam or whatnot. Um, seems like he's indestructible, though. He's really unreal. Crazy. Yeah. And just imagine, like, how scary it would be to, like, <laughs> stand there and watch him come at you. I just, like, think about it. Especially when you, you know, just like, um, I think it was, oh, it was Micah Hyde, um, you know, that run when he broke free into the secondary and it was just him and Micah Hyde and you just look at this poor guy and he's like looking at a freight train coming to him and he got him down. He tackled him, but I, I was scared for Micah Hyde's life uh, on Monday night. But I mean, back to the point of Henry being indestructible, uh, guys, it's pretty crazy if you look. CMC gets hurt every year. Dalvin Cook hurt again this year. Uh, Chubb is banged up. Hunt goes down. Um, you know, Antonio Gibson's never going to survive this season. Like, look at all the first and second round running backs. I think I'm, uh, Barkley, obviously. Saquon can't stay up for more than three minutes. Uh, all these big-time stud first and second round running backs, just every week you hold your breath and, and, and see, can he survive? Or they you just get, you know, they get nicks and bruises and... Derek Henry, you never see him like, oh, Henry stays down for a couple seconds and now he's okay. Or Henry on the practice report is like dealing with a knee or an, nothing. The guy's like, you know, he's like Iron Man. And it's almost like he doesn't even need to catch his breath. It's it's absurd. I don't understand it, but it's beautiful. Yeah. It's so fun. It's well, really if you fun. saw his training regimen during the game on Monday night that they showed, I mean, I was like, kind of, I wish I could have saw this video in like August before yeah. my drafts because <laughs> I was like jaw dropped, like the, the in, things that the guy was doing. Crazy. Yeah. And what I will say though, I just it, on top of that, this is also why Ryan Tannehill, okay, um, is has. Only one top 15 game on the season for fantasy. Mm -hmm. They don't need him and they shouldn't use him. And it's just, it is what it is. And I, I wrote this like weeks ago, but I, I hope everyone's like, guys, like he is not, he should not be your number one QB. He should not be. Please stop rolling him out. That's sad. It's sad, but that <laughs> you, well, you mean, only get Julio one top Jones? 15 even. You throw Julio Jones in the mix. You, I mean, I know he's been hurt a little bit, and you know AJ Brown's been hurt. But I mean, like you think, like you have all these things, and now you're even throwing to Derrick Henry, which is like another forty yards. Like you should be able to scrounge up some kind of top twelve value at least by accident. But these other quarterbacks are scoring so many points. So even when he does have a good game at the end, he's like still like QB twenty. Yeah, it's weird, you know, and I, I you, that's why you got to look at the, what the other people are doing. I mean, Julio out for two games of the hamstring. Monday Night Football leaves with the hamstring. You can't get too excited about Again. that. AJ Brown also hamstring issue. Now it's Chipotle, right? Oh. That's got him down. <laughs> and so, like, you know, um, I, I, I think that this could come together, but it's almost like it doesn't have to because they have Derrick Henry. So they're just kind of like, eh, we'll let them rest. I, I, I don't know. It just uh, there feels like there's no urgency in the passing game whatsoever because they know what they have. Anything could happen to Derrick Henry, but as long as he's there, I just think it's it's tough sledding with those three players. I read uh, Next Gen stats said that he had the fastest run of a ball carrier so far this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to keep going back to Derrick Henry, but yeah, yeah, I mean, we're not helping Nando. anybody here with this. No, I yeah, mean, who's going to sit Derrick Henry? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like, could yeah. you imagine? Well, you know what? In a dynasty league, speed. yeah, you but might be able to snatch him in a dynasty league and maybe get a, a little bit of a discount. Nobody's trading. Nobody's trading Derek Henry. If people are thinking in dynasty You're a leagues, fool if you trade the biggest uh, fantasy commodity in a long, long time. Not if you're in a dynasty league and you think he's uh, going to hit a wall. Well, I, I don't play dynasty, so oh, sorry, I forgot. I it's too speak common. On it. No, I, I mean, do you? <laughs> yeah, of course, everyone plays dynasty. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm doing a disservice to the listeners if I don't. No, you're, I agree with you. So that's why tweet out your dynasty team, Nando, after the show to everybody <laughs> yeah, listening. Yeah. You're gonna, okay. You and your burner are going to ask me I to do it again on Twitter? I actually have Derrick Henry in dynasty. And so actually that's what I'm doing today is I'm coming up with trades for my number one pick for next year because I'm going to go for it. Yes. Like I'm going to win now. So I'm going to sell the first pick and just like go hard. So, yeah, but I, I had to decide. I was like, am I going to go hard this year or next year? Because I could get the farm for Derrick Henry. And it is a true dynasty question right now. 
Um, I have Henry and So wait, you have Henry, you're saying? I'm sorry. I do. I do. So I'm going to keep him and sell my number one. So wait, your team is not good? No, no? she just said she's going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. I'm fourth out of 12 or 14. So fourth out of 14. So I'm ready to go. Um, But uh, the rest of my team is pretty bad. But because of Derrick Henry, it doesn't matter. Um, But what I was saying is that I was making that decision because I knew I could get the farm. I could get tons of first. I mean, I could get first round players, this, that. I could get, I can basically name my price. Or I could sell my first and really go for it. And I've decided that that's what I'm going to do just because Derrick Henry is so good. Now, it's a risk because he is older and he could hit a wall and whatever. But so could anyone. Like this is, that's how I feel about it. Anyone could, and right now he's showing zero signs. So I'm, I'm gonna go for it. So if you're in the same position as me, I'm sure, I'm sure you're doing the same. I mean, I because there's no evidence to point me in any other direction than to say this is gonna be here and I'm gonna go for it. Chris McCarrow, Case Keenum yeah. had a really good year uh, with Kevin Stefanski as quarterbacks coach, and I'll just leave it at that. Thank you. I know you want to say something. Nope. All right. Uh, I will say, you want to talk Cleveland? Let's talk Cleveland. We don't Uh, don't have that much time left, so don't make it corny. Sorry. Okay. We only spent the first 20 minutes talking about Cleveland, so Mm -hmm. why not? Yeah, we should really go back to that. Yeah, really, Chris. Come on. Come on. Brandon Mary Lee. You can hit him quick. You can just. No, I'm joking about it. Bam, bam. I don't want to bring my personal life into these shows. I'll be able to handle it with me and Danny. We'll figure it out. Uh, Brandon, I really do want to quickly hit Antonio Gibson um, because I know, like, we're getting into trade season now. And, uh, like, he's been, I think, has turned into one of the more frustrating players in fantasy, at least for me. Like, I liked Antonio Gibson. He just keeps getting hurt. And it's, it's just like, over and over again. I don't know. Maybe it's related. Maybe the turf toe caused one thing and this thing and the other thing. But is Antonio Gibson right now just, like, a, is he even any degree of modicum of buy low? Or is he just, like, this guy's always going to be hurt and it's just not worth it. And you're just buying into a guy who's just going to constantly get hurt. Where do you stand on Antonio Gibson? Uh, yeah, I would, I would buy low. Even with oh. him hurt, he's wow, really yeah. I would. With a, with a I know shin? he just had a stinker, everyone. But the week before, he had over twenty fantasy points, over fifteen, over seventeen. You know, his first two weeks were met. But again, it's it's an apocalypse situation at the running back position, and so I do think people are really frustrated. So you might get him really, really low. So yeah, I I do, and maybe he's the only buy low person on Washington that I could think about, but. Yeah, that's how bad the running backs are, that I would do it. Chris? No, not for me. Uh, not with a, a stress fracture in your shin that isn't going away anytime soon. It's going to be something where you never know when he's going to miss a game. I, are they going to shut him down for a while? Is it going to finally give out the shin? And it's just a matter of when, not if. Uh, you, you see a lot of these doctors that I follow talk about it, and that's the way they feel, that it's a matter of when. And it's something that they, he's going to have to deal with all year long. It's going to take a while. I think it's like a, you know, like a six to eight week process, supposedly, for a stress fracture in a shin to heal completely. The guy's just gutting it out. Uh, good for him. Props to him that, you know, he, they haven't placed him on IR. He says he can go, but uh, that's not somebody I'm trying to acquire. It's somebody that I'm just holding on for dear life, throwing him out there and saying, please don't leave the game in the first quarter and give me two points. Um so, no, I, I'm not buying uh, Antonio Gibson. He was a strong fade for me. I'm not patting myself on the back here because it, it wasn't, uh, you know, it's because of injury here. But uh, I'm not, I feel like I'm not missing out on anything when I see uh, all this Antonio Gibson news and, and games where uh, he, he struggles. I don't know you I felt feel that like strongly. The best case scenario <laughs> for him is that they shut him down through his bye week, which is week nine, and then and then by week 10, somewhere in there, he gets dropped. If you can pick him up and put him on IR, that would be the best circumstance. I, I do believe that people are going to start doing that if, if he starts missing weeks. Because we're talking about that would be four weeks, right? Because no one's going to start him versus Tampa Bay. Um, then, you know, I mean, the schedule isn't like fabu here. But we're going to at Carolina. It's actually not bad. Seattle, at Las Vegas, Dallas, at Philly. I just think that he could be one of those dudes that comes back if that's where it is. Now, if they shut him down, obviously it's game over. Um, but I think, I think there's a possibility that he just – I think some people are going to start dropping him if he actually is out-out. But he hasn't been out-out, and he's actually been pretty good. It's It's not that bad. But if you if you think he's gonna get shut down, then of course, yeah, you you can't trade for that. But 
you know, yeah. we'll see. I've been stashing a lot of Jarrett Patterson in my leagues, uh, yeah, just somebody to throw at the end of the bench, and, and then you know, because that's what you got to do. You got to you can't wait for Gibson to go completely down and then place him on IR and then go hit the wire because it's going to cost you, you know, uh, ten times more. So you know, these last bunch of weeks where he was available, I was I was scooping him up for a, a decent, uh, you know, little amount and. Hopefully, it's cash in on that. That's what you got to do. Is same thing with like you know, it's a it's a Wayne Goldman move, pretty much. You know, got to stash one of these guys as your RB seven and hope to cash in the ticket uh, in the foreseeable future. And even JD McKissick right now, I just looked on Yahoo. He's only rostered in fifty six percent of leagues. No, oh, that's that's terrible. Wow. So. Listen, even if you think you're in a competitive league, just look. And again, people drop people because they freak out a lot. So you may be like, there's no way he's available in my league. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, someone lost their mind. Just check. Just go you know, I, you know. speaking of J.D. McKissick, if I, if I could just say this. You know, well, I thought you're, you're going to the last word because we got to go. Okay, I just want to say this because I bid up big for him in New York Super. I kind of overbid for him. But I thought I had this year's J.D. McKissick. It's not anybody new. But I thought that Gio Bernard was going to play that J.D. Yeah. McKissick role in Tampa Bay. And after watching last week's game, uh, you know, he had the game where he caught 10 balls like three, four weeks ago, and he's contributed, but he just doesn't get enough snappage. Leonard Fournette is an RB1, people. Can you believe Mm -hmm. that? He is an RB1 rest of season. The way in that offense and that offensive line and the, you know, the amount of snaps and touches he's getting, that's a top 12 running back. I didn't think I'd be saying that, but... As for Gio Bernard, I was stashing a lot of Gio Bernard on teams. I don't think he's going to wind up being that J.D. McKissick type that I was hoping for, uh, that PPR monster type. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Drop him for Mark Ingram. Can't do that. All right. Uh, we <laughs> we got to go. Uh, thank you all for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show and uh, everything we had to say. And maybe you learned something today. That's my, that's my wish every time we do one of these shows. Don't pick up something. Case Keenum. Go ahead and feel free to pick up Case Keenum. Just don't spend a lot of money on him. Take it up with Danny O'Brien otherwise. Uh, for Brandon Marianne Lee and Chris McCarroll. Yep. I'm not a Michael Beller on the one and twos. Uh, we'll see you later. Bye.